Welcome to WTBU News Today. I'm Will Andronico. Boston has been cloudy and cool lately with temperatures in the 60s and 70s. Today's high is 83 degrees with sunny skies, and tomorrow and Wednesday look similar with highs of 80 and 79 respectively. Christina Melhorn is here now to report on faculty and staff COVID testing at Boston University. Boston University opened the sign-up for faculty and staff COVID testing on Monday. Just like students, faculty and staff are required to be tested upon their arrival to campus. Those planning on returning to campus closer to September 2nd have been asked to wait to sign up for a test date until closer to their return. In order to sign up for a testing time slot, faculty and staff members will log on to Occupational Health Connect through the BU Healthway website to reach the scheduling system. Once on the scheduling page, faculty and staff will be able to choose the date, time, and location of their test. Once the fall semester gets closer, employees who regularly interact with students will receive email reminders to sign up for testing. Staff who aren't in student-facing positions and those not returning to campus will not receive any prompts to sign up for testing. Training modules will be available on the Healthway website to help employees with scheduling tests and completing the daily symptom attestation. All five testing locations, four on the Charles River campus and one on the medical campus, will also serve as collection sites for faculty and staff seven days a week. In Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Christina Melhorn for WTBU News. Here's a story written by Amanda Schneider about an update out of UConn. Two University of Connecticut students have tested positive for coronavirus upon their arrival to campus. The students tested positive after moving into their residence halls on the school's stores campus this past weekend. Like many other schools across the country, including Boston University, students are tested immediately upon their arrival to campus. As of Sunday, the school says it has given nearly 1,400 tests to students arriving on campus, with 5,500 total students having arrived over the course of the weekend. Additionally, the school says that the students have been moved into isolated locations on campus and that their families have been notified. Dean of Students Eleanor Doherty said that it would be inevitable that there would be positive cases given the number of students returning to campus and that the school has a detailed plan to accommodate those who test positive. Again, that story was written by Amanda Schneider out of Fairfield, Connecticut for WTBU News. And now we'll head over to Stephanie Joseph for an update from the Democratic National Convention. The Democratic National Convention is set to take place on Monday as a modified four-day live event. The new format is a direct response to the coronavirus pandemic. Instead of hosting an in-person convention in Milwaukee as planned, the Democratic Party is airing a slew of recorded performances, testimonials, and speeches to commemorate the event. Monday's lineup includes a list of prominent political figures, including former First Lady Michelle Obama, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, and Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders. Both Senator Kamala Harris and former Vice President Joe Biden will address voters from Biden's hometown of Wilmington, Delaware. Harris will give her speech on Wednesday, and Biden will close the convention by formally accepting the Democratic Party presidential nomination in a speech on Thursday. The convention will be live-streamed across different social media platforms and streaming devices, such as Apple TV and Roku, every night. However, TV networks are only airing one hour of the convention, despite it being two hours long. Additionally, many convention traditions, such as longer speeches and the roll call vote, have been cut short due to new time limits in an effort to accommodate modern viewers. The Republican National Convention is scheduled to happen next week, but there have not been many details released regarding how it will be hosted. 
In Laurel, Maryland, I'm Stephanie Joseph for WTBU News. Next, a story about Italian COVID restrictions from Lily Kepner. On Monday, Health Minister Roberto Speranza of Italy imposed new restrictions around nightlife to protect against a new surge in coronavirus cases in a crucial moment for the country. The new restrictions mandate that masks be worn around all nightlife, indoors and outdoors, and that nightclubs be closed. They specifically target areas where younger people congregate, as the average age of those infected has decreased considerably since the start of the virus. Italy was hard hit by the pandemic early on, holding the highest infection rate out of all European countries in early March. However, thanks to aggressive lockdown and reopening measures, Italy now has one of the lowest infection rates in Europe. Nonetheless, Speranza and other health officials have reported many citizens and select businesses relaxing the rules, which, matched with the anticipated influx of tourists throughout August, could have devastating results. As the National Institute of Health attributes 20% of new cases to returning international travelers, this is a crucial moment for the country to intervene before the possibility of a second wave. This is especially true given that Italy will rely on maintaining a low case rate to open schools in September. In Wilton, Connecticut, I'm Lily Kepner for WTBU News. Finally, an update from Bonita Chang about the New Zealand election. New Zealand postponed its general election due to a spike in coronavirus cases. Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern announced on Monday that the election, which was originally on September 19th, will now take place on October 17th. Arden further expressed that the decision will allow all parties to plan around the range of circumstances they will be campaigning under. The number of infected cases in Auckland reached 58 as of Monday. The second outbreak in the country began in late July, which led to lockdown. Before the outbreak, New Zealand had been credited with eliminating the virus after having no locally transmitted cases for three months. In Taipei, Taiwan, I'm Benita Chang for WTBU News. That's it for this edition of WTBU News Today. Be sure to tune in to our full program every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern over on WTBU Radio. On behalf of Gabby Lopez, Hannah Yoshinaga, Amanda Schneider, Grace Ferguson, and Stella Lawrence, I'm Will Andronico reporting from outside Worcester, Massachusetts for WTBU News.